Hello everyone, wherever you're joining us for, thank you so much for coming to visit us in Under the Wire. Um, this bunker is the AVN's home for censored and suppressed information about vaccinations and health. And the list of censored and suppressed information is growing every day. Now, just a little bit of housekeeping. Last week, um, I was wearing my headphones and uh, people said they were having trouble hearing me. So if it still seems a bit low, I'm using different headphones this week, uh, please let me know. I hope you can hear me. Um, and thank you so much for joining us here. I do have one other question to ask, and that is, if you are watching me on YouTube, could you please let me know that you are? Because um, I, I am not 100% sure that the stream is working live to YouTube, and I would absolutely love to know that. Good morning, Deanna. I'm, oh, are you telling me that you're watching on YouTube? Oh, thank you, Ness, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me know the sound is good. And good day from the Gold Coast. Um, your picture looks absolutely amazing. Fantastic, Kat. Thank you so much. And good morning to you as well. So I'm glad the sound is working. Today we have a bit of a different under the wire. Um, good morning, Christine. Good to see you. Uh, today is going to be a chat as well as some information. And we've got a bit of humor as well. I think that humor is so important, especially when things seem fairly dire as they do right now. Um, it is pretty insane what is happening in the world with COVID. So having a little bit of a laugh is a very important thing and it's great for your immune system laughing as well. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Penny out in WA where I know it's a lot earlier. Uh, good morning, Marcella. Um, okay. Uh, Marcella has asked if the vaccine can be made compulsory. The, as far as I'm aware, there would need to be a um, an amendment to the Constitution in order to make it compulsory for everyone. But the government has specifically said they have no intention of making it compulsory. What they're going to do is make your life so impossible that you're either going to have to drop out of society or take the vaccine. And this is why we have to fight. We have to fight this. So good morning, Carrie Ann. Good to see you here. Um, lovely to see you. So um, I would like to start the show today by just basically letting you know, reminding everyone that links will be available to every single um, item I'm speaking about this morning uh, on the AVN's uh, page, AVN's website, avn.org.au. Uh, sometime this afternoon when it's finished uploading to the page. And um, that way you'll be able to access all of the information that I am discussing. And Kelly, I'm so glad you mentioned or fight it in the courts because um, later on this week, I'm hoping to speak with someone who is the busiest person in Australia right now. I say that without even wondering whether it's correct because I know it's right. And that's Serene Tefaha, who is um, with Advocate Me, which is a law firm that is currently taking at least two class actions uh, regarding uh, the government's uh, actions on COVID and COVID vaccinations. So um, if you are interested in 
the legal aspects about what you can do if your job requires you to be vaccinated or you're required to be vaccinated to go and visit a loved one in uh, a healthcare center, or you're being told to go into one of the new concentration camps that are being set up in Queensland. I know they're not called concentration camps, but I don't see a heck of a lot of difference. Um, because you are uh, coming in and being in quarantine, then I'd suggest that you keep an eye on this page for when Serene uh, is going to be interviewed because she will answer a lot of your questions um, that we can't answer. We're not lawyers. We, we rely on the expertise of lawyers uh, and Serene is one of those who will be sharing her expertise with us. So um, yeah, it is one of the things that we are going to have to work hard on. Um, and there's, it's two-pronged, the way I look at it. We have to inform the community about what is going on with the coronavirus and the vaccine. And that means we need to be informed ourselves. And um, I will cover this a little bit later on in the program because we are working on a series of flyers that will hopefully help you to share this information well. And then um, we also have to defend our rights and our family's rights. And that may mean uh, going to court, but it certainly means standing up, knowing your rights and knowing when you, you need to stand your ground. So um, Debbie says, everybody on different groups say they're fighting this, yet we are almost a year down the line and still no results and evidence. Um, there are some results and there is so much evidence. Stick with the show and you'll see it. But the problem is, while the government is, first of all, if you've ever worked in anything to do with the law, you know that the law moves at the pace of a snail. So um, gathering the, uh, the groups, getting them together, and actually going to court does take a lot of time. Uh, I know we're all impatient, but we have to sort of let the process work. Uh, but also there is an incredible amount of evidence um, and we need to make sure that we have all of our ducks in a row. I mean, to use a cliche, we have to make sure that everything is right. Um, well, you know, Steve says you can play the legal game. It's not relevant. Anyone who gets jabbed has to sign they want to be an experiment. That's not really true. There is no uh, consent form to getting this vaccine. You can know that it's an experimental vaccine, and we can tell you that it is, which is true because it's never been properly tested. Um, but you don't sign anything to say that you're being part of an experiment. And if your uh, employment, if your employers want you to take a vaccine, uh, and they say that your condition of employment is contingent on you taking that vaccine, um, legal action may be one of the best ways to, uh, maybe one of the only ways to oppose that. It depends really on how reasonable your company is being. Yeah, well, Steve, there is no legal requirement to provide documentation or even a package insert when you get a vaccination. So um, trust no one. I agree with your icon, but we have to be aware of what our rights are so we can defend them. Now, right now, Australia is at war. You may not know this. You may not have realized, but we are at war. And it is not just Australia. It's the entire world. We are in World War III. 
and it's the war of the vaccines. We're not fighting with guns, with ammunition, with bombs, with anything like that. We are fighting a war with vaccines. The government is saying, the world government, the, the Australian government, um, the entire community in many areas is saying that we have to be vaccinated. Um, and those of us who say that vaccinations must be a matter for informed choice are fighting quite a battle. So we need to know exactly what the, what the risks are. And we are being told by so many in government and the medical community that there are virtually no risks to this untested um, and demonstrably unsafe vaccine. This is something that's only just recently come out. Um, the island of, now I always thought it was an island, but it shows that they're attached to Spain, but I have a funny feeling that it might be a long island, Gibraltar. Um, I, I meant to look this up before I came online because I always remember hearing about the Isle of Gibraltar. So maybe half of it is owned by Spain and this is the half that's independent. It is 2.6 square miles. It's tiny, absolutely tiny. Um, there are farms where I live that are not big, that are bigger than 2.6 miles square. And there are about 30,000 people who live in Gibraltar. Now, prior to the introduction of the vaccine in Gibraltar on the 6th of January, there were a total of 10 deaths recorded from coronavirus. We don't know if they were really deaths from coronavirus. It could have been the same as anywhere else. But be that as it may, there were 10 people who died whose deaths were recorded as being due to coronavirus. On the 10th of January, vaccination started. And by the 20th, so 10 days later, there were 53 deaths. Now today, which is about a week ago, um, there were over 70 deaths. Sorry, there were 70 deaths in Gibraltar. Um, following coronavirus vaccination. Uh, the government is saying these are not deaths from coronavirus vaccination. They are deaths from underlying causes. The really ironic thing is that when you die um, after getting a positive test result to a coronavirus test, so let's say you test positive and 28 days later you end up dying from falling out of an airplane or you were being treated for cancer and you died from that, those underlying conditions, that other cause does not matter because that death's going to be recorded as a death from coronavirus. But if you die after a coronavirus vaccine, that death will most likely not be recorded as a death from vaccination. It'll be recorded as a death from underlying conditions. Um, so it is so hypocritical what's going on. Ah, uh, yes. Catherine has just shared a link to um, an interview with the amazing Dr. David Martin. He's one of my heroes, and I would absolutely recommend that everybody watch that. He's a brilliant man, and he really understands what is happening. But here we go. Before the vaccine, there were 10 deaths from coronavirus. After the vaccine, there were 70 deaths in people who'd been vaccinated against coronavirus. Was every single one of those deaths due to the vaccine? I don't know, but neither does anyone else, and there seems to be no interest in finding that out. So there is an article, again, this, um, sorry, uh, this, let me just move this up. I don't know why. Oh, it isn't. Okay, sorry. It's just the way the page is constructed. It looks like two pages. 
Um, this is from the uh, Medical Kidnap website, and it's a report from the 24th of January. Um, at that point, 53 dead in Gibraltar in 10 days after experimental Pfizer mRNA COVID injection started. And this article goes into the data um, regarding the deaths following coronavirus vaccination. Uh, this is something that is being experienced all around the world, wherever the vaccine is being given. There have been so many deaths in high-profile people in the United States uh, just in the last few days, in people who got the vaccine. And in many cases, these people had already been told that they recovered from coronavirus, but they got the vaccine anyway, and then they died. Um, uh, I forget his name. He's an interviewer, uh, King. I forget his first name. Uh, he just died, 87 years old. He got coronavirus, supposedly recovered from it, and then got the vaccine and was dead within a few days of that. Hank Aaron, the baseball um, superstar, uh, from what I understand, he also had had coronavirus. He died uh, a very short time after his second dose of the vaccine. So what we are seeing is not Larry King. Thank you so much, Carrie Ann. I appreciate it. His first name just uh, slipped my mind. And um, he was 87 years old. He looked fairly healthy, though I know he smoked for most of his life. Um, and uh, he died right after, well, very shortly after a coronavirus vaccine. Um, Steve is asking, are we seeing problems with this experiment? We haven't started this experiment in Australia yet. Um, Australia does not get the vaccine until sometime in February. We're not sure when. And if our government had two brain cells to rub together in the entire government, which it appears they don't, um, I, you know, we are being governed by the lowest common denominator, it seems. Um, we, they would be looking at what is happening overseas, and they would be saying, uh, hang on a second, it looks like there could be problems with this. Let's just see what we're going to do before we do any, anything else. But um, they don't seem to be doing that. And it's a bit of a concern to anybody who is thinking that this is the situation that we're in. Um, I honestly don't know what government is thinking or if they're even capable of thinking. Uh, so I'm just going to go through this article very quickly and pull out a few of the salient points. This is the article. Oh, look. Um, they have a link on the right-hand side to that David Martin video that you were uh, linking to before. So it is it is anything that David Martin is in from pandemic onwards is so worth watching. Um, here we go. 13 people died the first weekend, most of them elderly. And by the end of the first week, there were 27 deaths, according to local media sources. Now, almost all of the people dying in Gibraltar are elderly. And that makes sense because the elderly were the first ones targeted with the vaccine. Um, are submissions going into the government with this data, Joy asks. Joy, we have been sending data to the government, but what it's going to take is a flood of people sending this information to their local and federal members of parliament, to the, um, to the minister for health, the shadow minister for health, and to the prime minister. Uh, we need to get this information out there. The AVN is doing what it can, but it's going to take all of us. All you need to do is go to the parliament website in your state and the federal parliament, 
find out the email addresses and send them information, flood them. There is so much information out there. If all of us do that, it might change things. I don't know for sure, but I mean, if they get thousands of emails with this information, um, then it could very well change their minds. So let's let's just start doing it you know let's let's start actually taking responsibility for what is going on um carrie carrie asked if the avn is on telegram the avn is definitely on telegram carrie there is a pinned post on the avn's facebook page if you can't find our facebook page because facebook is suppressing it just go to the facebook main page um, put a forward slash in and type avn.org.au afterwards, and that'll take you to our page. That pin post at the top of the page lists all of the social media outlets we're currently on, and we're hoping to keep people um, going to these other outlets, especially Telegram, Gab, Brighteon Social, BitChute, um, and Brighteon, because these are the ones that are free of censorship. Um, that reminded me of something. Telegram. If you are on an iOS device, that's an Apple iPhone, an iPad, or a MacBook Pro or Mac, um, go to the App Store and download the Telegram app ASAP because Apple right now looks like they might be removing it from the App Store. If you already have it on your device and you've turned off under the... Um, Oh, shoo, I think it's under privacy settings. If you've turned off Apple's ability to remove applications from your device without your knowledge or permission, they will not be able to take it off. So um, even if they remove par um, Telegram from, your, uh, from the App Store, if you've got it installed, you can, um, you can still access our page and all the other pages that you're following. And we love Telegram. Telegram's been excellent. Um, so there are a lot of questions here. Anybody who's asking for legal questions, um, like Patricia, what happens if we refuse the vaccination? Let's leave that for when I interview Serene Tefaha, because I'm not 100% sure what the answer is. And um, I want to ask, I want to ask Serene that question and many other questions as well. So um, please send all this information and any information you find on this issue to your federal and state members of parliament, the ones who represent you, your senators, your state senators, uh, sorry, your federal senators. Uh, there are state senators in some states as well, and there's no problem doing that. Uh, on the state level too, the federal minister for health, the federal shadow minister for health, and the prime minister. All you have to do is copy their email addresses, put them all into an email in the BCC field, and just keep sending information. Send, send, send. Let's flood their inboxes with this. So um, let me just take another quick look at this and see if there's anything else. Uh, Gibraltar recorded another COVID-related, 13 COVID-related deaths over a devastating weekend that drove the death toll to 43. What they're saying is that the people who died following vaccination must have been infected with COVID already, and that's actually what, called them, what, what caused them to die. So they are saying that these deaths were not caused by the vaccination. The vaccine got there too late. 
and these people simply died because they were already infected and the vaccine didn't have time to work. So again, it's heads they win, tails we lose. They've got it all their own way. Um, let me just see. Okay, the injection started on January 9th. And by Sunday, January 10th, 5,847 doses had been administered. In a country of 30,000 people, that's pretty amazing. And then uh, by the next day, four people had died. So this is a signal that there could be something wrong, but the signal is ignored, absolutely ignored. And they're calling it a massacre. And it is a massacre. In a population of 30,000 to have 70 plus people die within a very short time of vaccination, that's a massacre. That's a very high percentage. Um, so this is one of those things that we need to be aware of. Overseas, we are seeing an awful lot of reactions and we believe that when, re when the vaccinations start in Australia, we are going to see the same sort of thing here. And we need to try and get the word out to people. There are some people who simply will not be swayed because they are in so much fear over coronavirus that they will not listen to anything we try to tell them about the vaccine. But for the rest of the people who may not know anything other than what they've been told on television and are open to hearing about this, your sharing this can save a life. So we're not telling you to tell people not to take the vaccine. That's everyone's right and everyone's responsibility for make that decision for themselves. But what we are saying is that nobody should be making this choice without information. So here's another page. And again, this link will be in the on the website, on the AVN's website when the video was uploaded this afternoon. Um, this is a page called Experiences Sorry, let me try that in English. Experiences following coronavirus vaccination. And it is an enormous page. And what someone has done, I don't know who put this together, but what someone has done is they've gone through social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all of these pages, and they have pulled out personal stories from people who've had serious reactions or whose loved ones have died following the coronavirus vaccine. I think it's only English stories, so it doesn't even include all of the stories in the, um, in the rest of the world. But it is a long page. I don't know if you can see the scroll bar as I scroll down. There he is, Larry King. Um, I don't know if you can see the scroll bar as I'm scrolling down, but I'm scrolling, here we go. Well, I'm scrolling faster than the page can render, and I'm still only a teeny tiny part down the page. They've also pulled out from VAERS, that's the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System in the United States, some of the reactions that have been reported, especially the deaths following vaccination. So if you get this link and share it on your own social media and hopefully by email with your friends and family and just say to them, I'm not telling you not to do this, but take a look and see what is possible if you take the vaccination, you should be aware. You should get the information first. Um, I don't see how anybody would be upset with that. So this page is a really important one, I think. And um, it because it's personal stories, you know, this is not just some numbers. This is not 
something that a doctor has said. This is something that a person has said. Had the best of chats with my granddad yesterday, distance from the bottom of his house. We spoke about uni, post-lockdown meetup plans, how he was excited to get his jab today, if I wanted a cheeky takeaway on him. I don't know what that means. He died today, fine yesterday, and now gone. Excuse the language that he used. But sadly, my mom died at home three and a half hours post-Pfizer vaccination, had shown no adverse symptoms to vaccination prior to death, found unconscious on toilet floor but breathing prior to death, 88 years old, frail with underlying medical conditions. And that death, if it was reported at all on the um, VAERS database, would have simply said underlying condition. It would not have been associated with the vaccine. Um, this vaccine already is causing the equivalent of a Holocaust. There are thousands of reports worldwide of deaths following vaccination. There are hundreds of thousands of serious reactions being reported worldwide. By the time the second doses have been given, and two doses is not going to be it because they're already working on a new multivalent vaccine with five strains of SARS-CoV-2 in it, all different variants, which are going to have five times the risk of reactions. Um, by the time that's done, um, I doubt that there will be anyone in the world who doesn't know someone who has died or been permanently injured as a result of this vaccination. So keep this page in your arsenal. Keep sharing it. It's very important. Now, um, again, this link will be in the uh, on the website. Let me just see if I'm... Yes, Pete says, and that's true, a lot of elderly don't use social media, so they don't see what we see. Then... What I would suggest you do if you have an elderly person that you care about is go and visit them and speak with them about it. Um, if you can, you know, go and talk to them. Sit them down. Maybe bring a laptop with you or an iPad or, you know, a phone might be too small for them to see. It's too small for me to see. But if you, if you have to print out a few things, bring it. Go over it with them. Share it with them. Do it from love. And they will see that you've, you've done this from love. They may not agree with it. They may decide to go ahead and get the vaccine. But at least in your heart of hearts, you will know that you've done what you needed to do to at least inform them. You need to inform them. So um, I really think that we can do this. Uh, Joyce says, any word from Israel who have rolled it all out at warp speed? Yes, there is a lot of information about the problems in Israel. I think I read that there were 13 cases of Bell's palsy reported after the vaccine. That's a facial paralysis where half of your face, you look like you've had a stroke, basically. It can affect your eye, your nose, your mouth, your cheek, and usually half of your face will be drooping. Um, Scott's asking, can I post this link? Um, Scott, you may not have seen at the beginning of the talk, but later on this afternoon by 1 or 2 o'clock or so, um, this will be up on the AVN's website, avn.org.au, and all of the links that I'm sharing today will be up there. Um, so, yeah, you can find that this afternoon if you don't mind. Uh, just go to avn.org.au, and then there'll be a uh, blog post from with the latest under the wire, and just go there. Um, Okay, Jane is asking, would I say the name of the site? Um, 
I'm not sure which site you mean, sorry, but all of the links will be there this afternoon. And more and more doctors are coming out now. Medical doctors, mainstream medical doctors are coming out now and saying that they will not take the vaccine and they do not want to administer them to their patients. Um, in a recent survey in the United States, in hospitals, 80% uh, of doctors in some hospitals said that they would not take the vaccine themselves. And there was a doctor who was arrested, I think in Texas, I could be wrong if it was in Texas, but he intentionally left um, the vaccine out of the freezer. Now, the vaccine needs to be kept very, very cold. I think it's like 40 degrees below zero, something ridiculous like that. Um, and he intentionally left it out of the refrigerator because he wanted it to be ruined because he didn't want to give it and he was arrested and he's probably facing a very long jail sentence. That's the kind of commitment that this guy had. Um, yeah, Christine, I agree with you. The elderly are, I remember my own parents and I'm getting close to that elderly age myself, but my parents believed everything the doctors told them. They were part of that um, age group, that age bracket where doctor knows best. They wouldn't lie to us. The government wouldn't lie to us. We know now that the government and the medical community lie to us all the time and that if we want to stay healthy and keep our families healthy, we've got to stop listening to them and start doing our own research. And yes, Steve, this, this page that I'm on now is the CDC, it's called CDC Wonder. Um, I didn't realize that. I think that's a name change. But this is the page for VAERS, which is the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And this VAERS page is um, filtered just for coronavirus vaccines. And what Steve said, let me see if I can find it. Yes, here we go. 1% of adverse reactions are reported, apparently. The Food and Drug Administration, a good 20 years ago, uh, and has been confirmed since, did a study and found that as high as 1% of vaccine reactions are ever reported. Um, so VAERS, what's interesting in the U.S. is we have VAERS that has, and I'll show you in, in a minute because there's another website that's brilliant. It's a graphic representation of all of the coronavirus um, reactions that are occurring. So um, VAERS has about 1% of reactions reported for some reason, the government um, put out an app, I think it's called VaxSafe in the United States, and everyone who gets the vaccine is, is urged to put this on their phone um, or, you know, some other device. And the VaxSafe will remind them every day to report any symptoms that they're having following the vaccination. It's a sign that this is an experimental vaccine and these people are guinea pigs. But regardless, um, this is the first time in many, many years that there's been any attempt at active reporting. Uh, so normally we have passive reporting. So if there's a reaction, you are supposed to go to the doctor. The doctor is supposed to report this. Most doctors don't. You don't even know that you can uh, in most cases. So um, the VaxSafe app has about five to six times the number of reactions reported as VAERS does. So, and, and not everybody who's gotten the vaccine has actually downloaded the app. As you said before, Steve, many of these people are elderly. They don't know how to use technology. Um, it's, it's very, very difficult. But even with just a small percentage of the people who are 
using this technology, they've had five to six times more reactions reported than have been reported to VAERS. Ah, that was Wisconsin. Okay, thank you, Julie. Um, this is regarding the pharmacist. Um, he pleaded guilty. He did not want anyone to have the vaccine, so now he'll have to spend time in prison. I hope that he will be given leniency by the courts, but expecting someone who actually believes in justice in the United States to be given leniency uh, is, I think, a bit of a vain hope right now. The, the American court system is a joke. Um, so um, the CDC, you can search VAERS. You can see all of these reactions. Now, this website that I'm going to share with you, and again, the link will be on the AVN's page. Um, this is called Open VAERS. And what they've done, they, whoever put this site together, and I'm not sure who he is, he or she is, but they're brilliant. Um, they have, oh, this has changed just since I looked at it this morning. Okay, what they have done is they have, must have linked somehow to the reports in VAERS, and this is a graphic representation. So on one screen, you can see exactly what the story is now. This is through January 22nd, so it's a week behind. Um, and that would be a little over a month since vaccination started. I think they started on the 14th or 15th of January. I could be wrong. I'm oh, sorry, of December um, uh, in the United States. Uh, I think it was the 15th, but I could be wrong on that exact date. Uh, there were 333 deaths reported, 728 hospitalizations, 2,095 requiring ur urgent care or emergency care. Uh, 1,219 office visits, 132 cases of anaphylaxis, and 105 cases of Bell's palsy. A total of 9,877 reports. Now, that's shocking, but if we figure that that represents 1% of the actual reactions that are taking place, that's almost a million reactions. If we assume that what the Food and Drug Administration said is correct. We're talking about a million reactions and possibly 3,300 deaths in a very short time. So if you actually go here and click on one of those, um, one of those boxes, you will be taken to another page. I just looked at office visits. Um, now, Pfizer started earlier than the Moderna vaccine, and there were 946 office visits after the Pfizer vaccine, 272 after the Moderna vaccine, and one with an unknown um, vaccination. So that's also really good information to have. Like I said, whoever did this did an excellent job. Um, oops, sorry, let me just close this. I was trying to move that over so I could see it. I have too many tabs open on my on my computer. Um, so that's an excellent website, and I would highly recommend everybody going there and bookmarking that as well to share with people. Um, it's the COVID data open theirs. Now, this is a very exciting initiative. Um, Anita and I had a meeting with the person who started this website called Vax Tracker, um, and the AVN is going to be working with them. It is live now. Uh, the website is vaxtracker.com, V-A-X-X-T-R-A-C-K-E-R 
www.thepeopleshow.com. Please make a note of that. Please share it, especially in the lead up to the COVID vaccine. Now, this website um, is accepting reaction reports to all vaccinations, not just the COVID vaccine. Um, and it is independent of any pharmaceutical or government uh, control, which is really, really important. So on the page, if you go there and you want to submit a vaccine reaction, you just click on this blue button that says submit. Oh, sorry. Yes, you do. I don't know why. It, oh, there we go. It is working. Sorry. Um, you click on the blue button. You'll be taken to a page where you can report the type of reaction and you can report more than one once you get there. So if, if your main reaction was anaphylaxis, um, you can go difficulty breathing, for instance. And that'll take you to another page where you can fill in all of the details. Now, the information will be private. What will be shared is what vaccine you were given, what the reaction was, and what country you live in. Um, other than that, none of the other information will be shown. But it is important that you report, let's say you had a reaction 10 years ago to a DPAT or your child had a reaction to the MMR vaccine, please go to VaxTracker.com and report it. Only through getting really accurate and thorough reporting about all vaccines can we possibly get any idea about how safe or how dangerous they are. And the fact is that our government does not track this information. Um, I've, I've discussed this a little bit before. There used to be something called ADRAC, the Adverse Drug Reactions Advisory Committee. They met every five weeks in Canberra. Their job was to collect all the reports that had been given um, to ADRAC, submitted over the previous five weeks, to look over them and decide if any of them needed further investigations. Uh, in all the thousands of reports that the AVN reported to ADRAC, I can only remember two where they actually followed up. Um, about 10 years ago, ADRAC ceased to exist. Now, vaccine reactions are reported to the TGA, and we still have a link to the TGA's vaccine reporting on our website. And we recommend that you report to them after you've reported to VaxTracker. But if you only have time for one, report to VaxTracker. When you report to the TGA, what they do is they give your reaction report to the so-called sponsor of that vaccine. The sponsor is whoever paid the TGA to list this, and that could be the, that is the drug company. So it could be Merck, it could be Pfizer, it could be whoever, um, whoever actually created this vaccine and is making money off of it. They're the ones who get the reaction report, and the and the TGA says to them, "Listen, we just got this reaction report. Do me a favor, investigate it. If you think there's a problem or a signal we should be aware of, let us know." What do you think the chances are the drug company is actually going to say, "Oh, wait a second, um, we've found a big problem with our vaccine. Let's call it off the market. Let's take this loss of ten billion dollars this year from this vaccine." Hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. So. Um, we need to have a reporting system that is independent of these uh, government and pharmaceutical reporting systems. In addition, we've seen this with Gardasil, and I'm sure it's happening with other vaccines as well. We just haven't been made aware of it. With the Gardasil vaccine, several deaths, I think it's over 10, and quite a few serious reactions that led to lifelong disability have been mysteriously removed 
from the TGA's database, which is called DAEN, the Database of Adverse Event Notifications. There was no explanation as to why, but, um, but they've just been removed. And they've been removed from the statistics as well. So doing this makes the vaccine appear safer when it really isn't. So in order to avoid that sort of manipulation of the data, it is important to have control over this information. So please, if you have a reaction to report following a vaccination, not drugs at this point, only vaccines, any vaccine, at any time, please report it to VaxTracker. If you know someone who would like this information, share it with them. If you have a Facebook page or a website or anything else where you can share this data, please go ahead and do that because we need to get this out there as widely as possible. Um, and what I'm being told by a lot of people that I'm discussing this with, including some family, because uh, I've been trying to share information with my family about how poorly uh, tested these new COVID vaccines, and that I've got to stop calling them vaccines because they're not, um, how poorly tested these COVID medical devices are. Um, I'm being told that the drug companies can be trusted, which is absolutely laughable to anyone who's done any research whatsoever into these drug companies. Now, this is a website. Again, I will share this on the AVN um, website. Um, they, it's called the Corporate Research Project, and they have uh, pages from most corporations that have had problems with the law, problems with safety, uh, problems with honesty, with fraud. And they call them the corporate rap sheet. Now, I've pulled out the one for Pfizer, which is the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. They're the ones who make that vaccine. And um, it is it is like reading the rap sheet of a criminal cabal. And you know what? It is a criminal cabal. Uh, anybody who trusts Pfizer, if they were to tell me that the sky was blue, I would have to say, excuse me, go to a window and look out first to make sure they weren't lying because that's the kind of organization this is. They are profit-driven. They have shown no care whatsoever about the health and the lives of the people who their products have targeted, not just vaccines, but drugs as well. And they need to be, the fact that they are able to get a vaccine licensed, even if it's just a conditional license, and that they are able to get indemnification so they can't be held financially liable should this vaccine, this medical product, um, kill or injure anyone is a crime in and of itself. So if you would like to discuss this with someone and they try and tell you that the vaccine is safe and they can trust the government and they can trust the drug company, share this with them. Uh, ask them to read it. Because if they read it, I think their minds will be changed. Oh, okay, Karen, thank you so much. Karen says, I'll be going to Vax Tracker for my grandkids and reactions from Vax, my reactions from Vax years ago. Thank you so much for that. We all need to do that. So thank you for taking that responsibility and time to do that. Um, it's like, 
Meredy says it's like reporting alcoholism addiction and the mental and health effects to the brewery. Exactly, exactly. Reporting these reactions and expecting the drug companies to investigate them is a vain hope. Um, and it's absolutely crazy. It's insane. Um, so we need to take that responsibility on ourselves and we need to make sure that everybody who has had a reaction to a vaccination, either a current one or one previously, reports it to Vax Tracker. It's very, very important. Um, Melissa said it's an experimental biological agent. Yes, it is actually something, and I am going to be speaking with someone in the very near future. I'm not sure if it's next Saturday or not, because I've got a whole lineup of people who I'm going to be interviewing. It's either feast or fa famine around here, but um, there is a local woman who is very au fait on the science of how 5G technology links in with the uh, upcoming COVID medical experiment. And I think it's something that we all need to be aware of. I'm still getting my head around it. So um, that aspect of this uh, shot really is quite frightening, and we need to know about it. Uh, and yes, Steve, they are not going to investigate. The drug companies have no uh, incentive to investigate. In fact, their incentive is to cover up because they make so much money out of these things, and they are outside of the normal um, patent system. So they can basically have a patent that lasts forever. And with the coronavirus, especially just like flu, the idea that you can have an annual vaccine that's going to be different every year, so you can resell this every year. What an amazing profit um, outlet for your company. It's just incredible. Um, eventually, of course, there will be so few people left to take the vaccine, they won't be making much money, but um, I don't think they're thinking that far down the track. Yeah, people have died from the COVID vax. What more evidence do people need? The issue is, Saba, that um, when people die following the COVID vaccine, they are told every single time that it was not the vaccine. Even when they die within a very short time and they were healthy beforehand, there is no connection drawn between the vaccine and the death. And it's the same with, with serious reactions to people who've had seizures, people who've had brain damage. Um, in, I'm talking adults, not babies or children. Uh, people with a long history of health to go by get vaccinated and then this happens and there is a question as to whether the vaccine caused it. And because we have somehow been convinced that we can't believe the evidence of our own eyes, we can't believe our own senses, we need to have someone else tell us what actually happened, some expert, some authority, tell us exactly what happened, we let them get away with it. And it's time to stop that. Our eyes, our senses, our brains are far superior to any of those um, in the medical community or the government. Um, doctors, and I say this, and in most cases, I believe it is true. Mainstream medical doctors are well-trained monkeys who can repeat back what they've been taught but can't actually think. So if you are going to expect a mainstream medical doctor to tell you the truth about this or any vaccine, um, you are barking up the wrong tree because most of them know very little. Yes, cognitive dissonance with the deaths and adverse reactions, absolutely. They can't see what's in front of them. That's basically cognitive dissonance. Your belief system is so strong that this 
procedure is safe and effective, that even if you are affected by it or someone you know has been affected by it, you can't square what you just saw with what you believe to be true. And we have to fight against that. Um, it is a, a hard fight. It really is. Um, and I'm fighting it with some of my family who I love dearly. And uh, it's just, I think at a certain age, you have to make your own decision. But if you're not willing to even look at this, that's a problem. Because I, I examine everything that affects me as much as possible. So, remember I said that we were going to have a little bit of humor. There is a new regular feature. We're hoping it's going to be regular on Under the Wire called Leah Unleashed. Um, Leah Talipo is the person who runs the AVN's Instagram page, and she does an amazing job. She's taken that page from under 1,000 to over 7,000 in a very, very short time. And she is going to uh, do a weekly feature. You know when you go to Facebook or Twitter and you have the fact checkers? You know, they, they, these are the people who tell you that what you see is not really true and what we tell you actually is. Well, Leah has an answer to the fact checkers, and it's called the crap checkers. So enjoy this feature, and I will be back with you as soon as it's finished. Hello, and welcome to Leah Unleashed. We are going to do some crap checking today. I'm going to go through some of the articles and things that I've seen recently and basically just sift through the crap. So I'm going to play a little clip here, which was from way back in Jan 7, which feels like maybe a couple of decades ago, 2021. And we're going to hear about the New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, talking about the, uh, the old... The Premier also flagged a controversial plan to ban people from pubs and clubs if they refuse to get the COVID vaccine. We will also consider whether we allow venues to, and, and venues do that already. I mean, people make up their own rules if they run a business or have a workplace about what they feel is COVID safe. What? Sorry, sorry, Gladys, you go ahead, go ahead. And I think people should think about that. We also need to remember, whilst it's the federal government's responsibility in terms of the vaccine and the rollout, um, all workplaces and state governments no doubt will have a say. The vaccine could also be made compulsory for all public servants and government workers. Well, what do you know? Maybe it'll be compulsory. So basically mandatory, like we've been saying. But again, it's like not going to be made mandatory, guys. Don't be ridiculous. We'll just make it so that you don't have a job. Simple. Okie dokie. So I'm going to jump down into this article and here, <coughs> pardon me, here we have the PM and he's banging on about who's going to get the vaccine first. So I'm sure everyone's lined up, biting at the bit, waiting to get it. But look out, guys, because phase 1A, up to 1.4 million doses, will be quarantine and border workers, frontline healthcare workers, and wait for it, aged care and disability care staff and residents. Residents. Some of these people are vaccine injured, just putting it out there. So just injure them a little more with an experimental medicine that's um, not really been tested properly. All good. Okay, phase 1B is going to be elderly adults aged over 70. So, you know, if COVID didn't kill them, then, hey, let's have another crack at them. 
Uh, other healthcare workers, of course, these guys are like mad guinea pigs, aren't they? Uh, who else have we got? Oh, of course, can't forget the Atsai people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, the ones especially aged over 55. Because if um, the first genocide didn't work, then maybe we'll have another go at it. And um, younger adults with underlying medical conditions, including a disability. So basically, if their immune system is already struggling, we'll just give it another helping hand. And then we've got the high risk workers. So these guys are like the proper guinea pigs, proper pin cushions. All right, we've got now this bit's where it's a bit funny, a bit interesting. We've got police, yep fire yep defense yep massive pin cushions emergency services yep and meat processing i don't know i'm sure someone will message and be like you know it's because like with meat it's like covid risk and this and that but i personally do not see the connection but anyhow and we've got phase 2A. I love how they like to make it sound all fancy. Phase 2A. There's going to be adults aged over 50. Uh, again, going to target the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander group. So anyone aged over 18 in that group, just smash them with some more neurotoxins. And other critical and high-risk workers. Don't really say who that is. Then the next lot will just be the plebs. So the rest of the adult population and catch up anyone unvaccinated from previous phases. So just go after them, just, you know, guns blazing, phase 2B, let's go. And then phase three, which is cute because they've already got the 13.6 million doses mapped out. That'll be children aged under 18, if recommended. So yeah, we'll see how that goes, shall we? And then we've got old mate ScoMo talking about the vaccine. Oops, am I allowed to say the B word? Only if I'm saying how amazing it is. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Then uh, this will include the necessity for state governments and territory governments to harmonise and ensure an, a national consistency in public health orders, which is the process by which any requirement to have a vaccine is made legal across Australia. Whoa, 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 hold up. Okay, so basically it's not going to be mandatory, it's going to be voluntary, it's your choice, but also, by the way, we're trying to figure out how we can legally enforce everyone to have it. Like, guys, come on, wake up. It's been, you know, however long we've been saying this for and people are still banging on about it. it's not going to be mandatory. It is purely semantics. Like, what's the difference? You know, it's not mandatory, but, you know, if you want to have a job, you need to take it. If you want to go to your local pub, you need to take it. If you want to take your kid to anywhere, basically, you're going to have to take it. Like, come on, man. We've already seen no jab, no play. We know how this rolls out. Unless we stand up and do something about it, it's just going to continue. And let's go back to um, GB Gladys because I forgot to mention too. How laughable. Can you imagine being a business owner and then seeing that crap on the TV, her saying, oh, yeah, basically, you know, oh, now I've lost the video. Basically, you know, 
business owners have always been able to implement their own COVID safety and that's their choice. We're wrong, 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 Gladys, okay? Please, we all know that the businesses have been decimated and they have not had choice. You've, you know, masked up all the workers in the businesses and you've popped the QR codes on under threat and then you've told them that you can only have this many people in. And by the way, hop, I forgot to mention, you just closed them all down for months at a time. So please, you know, spare us, spare us the trickery. Just let us have it. Just tell us, guys, how it is because, you know, we need to know how we're coming into this fight. You're going to try and make everyone have the vaccine. Well, you're going to have a fight on your hands because people are wising up to the BS and the fact checkers aren't doing such a great job because they're crap checkers um they've just got no idea what is going on and actually it's pretty funny because every time something gets fact checked we can now basically say well that information is probably a little bit truthful so yeah maybe they're doing us a favor and flagging all the information that we should be reading Anywho, that's me for today and I will catch up with you guys next time. So thanks for tuning in. Hooroo! I hope you liked Leah Unleashed. Um, next week she will be doing another crap check. Uh, sorry, crap check. I almost said crap check. No, another crap check of the stuff that we're being told in the media and it is really important that we read everything with, I was going to say a grain of salt, but perhaps an entire salt shaker's worth of salt. Um, now, this next story is interesting to me. I don't quite understand it. This is about Merck. Merck um, produces such notable vaccines as the MMR and Gardasil, uh, which have been responsible for a huge amount of death and disability amongst children and adults. They were testing two separate um, vaccines or devices against coronavirus, and they've pulled out of the market. Um, I've always said about Merck that they've never met a vaccine they didn't like. So the idea that they're doing this when there is so much money to be made, and especially when the governments have around the world have said that they will indemnify these drug companies so they can't be sued, is interesting to me and I don't quite understand it. But what they've said as their reason for pulling out, and by the way, if you are wondering how many uh, vaccines or medical devices for coronavirus are currently being tested, it is 331. You hear me right, 331 separate medical devices against coronavirus. So Merck said that they are pulling out because of a, an inferior immune response. And what they've said, I've highlighted it here, is in early trials, both vaccines that they were working on generated immune responses that were inferior to those seen in people who had recovered from COVID-19, as well as those reported for other Corona-19, oh, sorry, COVID-19 vaccines, the company said. So they are admitting that natural immunity is actually working better than their coronavirus vaccines. 
um, which is something we could have told them without doing any research or spending a cent because no vaccine can actually convey immunity. Um, but it is interesting that they have pulled out of this. It is interesting that they have said, um, we're, we're, we're going to say no to all this money that you guys are offering us, and um, we're just not going to go ahead with it. And I don't understand it. Um, but I'm grateful that Merck, the, the great Satan, is not going to be involved in this. What they're saying is they're going to be working on therapies instead of preventatives. Now, we already have fantastic, effective therapies and preventatives. Number one is your immune system, uh, especially when supplemented with vitamin D and vitamin C. Um, those will help protect you against just about any upper respiratory tract infection. Um, the other two are ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in combination with zinc and possibly in combination with an antibiotic, though I personally don't see the use of the antibiotic. But, you know, be that as it may, study after study after study, major multi-center studies have shown that people who are given this therapy, even when they're at death's door, tend to recover without any other treatment. And if they are not at death's door, 100% of them are recovering. So the fact that we are looking at developing new drugs to treat something that can already be treated safely, cheaply, and effectively is just a sign that our governments are captured by the pharmaceutical industry and they will do whatever is in the best interests of those who sponsor them, which are the drug companies. Um, let me just take a quick look at some of these comments. Yeah. Debbie says, in Britain, many are saying it should be mandatory. They are totally asleep in my area. I know. And as much as possible, Debbie, if you can try and wake them up, that's great. We have a new flyer, which I will be showing you. We just, we're putting the links in it. It's just about finished. And it should be up on the AVN's website in the next day or two. Uh, as I said, we just need to put links in. Um, and it can be downloaded and emailed or put up on websites or put on social media or it can be printed out. I'm printing out many, many copies and I'm going to put them up around the area. And if they get taken down, I'll put more of them up because that'll hopefully wake some people up when they see it. Um, <laughs> Steve said, read everything with a salt mine. Yeah, that's right. A salt shaker may not be big enough. Um, we have a new one, Novavax. You're in the UK, I'm assuming, Debbie. So yeah, no. Um, the UK has taken an interesting, um, uh, an interesting approach to this, where they've said that they may not have enough of vaccine A. So if you get vaccine A as your first vaccine, when you come back for the second, if they don't have any more vaccine A, just use vaccine B. It's no different. And that is not only unscientific; it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So. Um, in Norway, dead of influenza in 2017 was 1,700. COVID in 2019, uh, part 2020, 294 dead. Uh, most of them 83 years old. Wake up the whole world. And Norway, and I didn't get this figure. I should have brought it with me. But Norway has had a huge number of deaths from the coronavirus vaccine or Okay, I'm so sorry. I don't know if the people who were watching are going to get a notification that I've gone live again. My internet dropped out uh, right at a very odd time. <laughs> so um, I'll just wait here a second and see if people find me. 
uh, I might just make a comment. And we'll see if people find me. Ah, here comes some people. I'm so sorry, my internet dropped out and that meant that I lost all of your comments. So if anyone had any questions, I was just starting to go through the list of questions. Can I please ask if you wouldn't mind repeating uh, the question and I'll try my best to get through them. So we were talking about Merck and how Merck um, was basically uh, getting out of the COVID vaccine business, but they were going to be looking at therapeutics, which we already have plenty of. Um, now, what's happening in the United States amongst healthcare workers, I think I already told you that in some hospital systems, up to 80% of the doctors, nurses, and other staff are refusing to take the vaccine, and the vaccine is not compulsory. Whether Joe Biden will continue Donald Trump's um, policy of not mandating this particular vaccine or not. I don't know. Hi, Steve. Thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. Um, hopefully the internet will stay stable now. Um, so up to 80% of the people are not taking the vaccine. And what's happening in the U.S.? It's very interesting. This vaccine, this shot, I keep calling it a vaccine, this medical device, especially the one, some of the mRNA vaccines, yeah, I dropped out. That's why that happened. Um, so, yeah, Steve says he thinks everyone got dumped. Uh, I dumped you, but it wasn't intentional. Um, so thank you all so much for coming back. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to have to try and find a way to cobble the two bits of this um, file together. I'm not very good with video editing, but I'll do my best. Anyway, um, what's happening in the U.S. is that tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of doses are having to be thrown away because once they start using them, they can only stay at room temperature for a very short time. So they have to have enough people. There are six doses in each vial. They have to have enough people to use up those six doses. And even if they're in a freezer, their, their use-by date is very short. So if people aren't taking them, then they are being thrown away. So I don't know how much longer the U.S. is going to put up with this because they're spending billions of dollars on um, these shots that are getting thrown away. So um, if it shows you the power of people saying no. Um, they are so, so powerful. And it is something that's really important. I don't know how many of you have followed the GameStop I think that's the name. Yeah, GameStop story. Now, GameStop is used to be called Blockbuster Video, um, and now they do. It's sort of like EB, um, EB Games, that sort of thing, in the United States. Anyway, um, the the shares were trading, and they were going down like crazy. And it turned out they were going down not for any fundamental reason, but simply because hedge funds, which have billions of dollars to invest we're selling the stock short. Now, for those of you who don't know, when you buy a stock, like the, the old saying is buy low, sell high. So you buy something at $10, it gets to $20, you sell it. Your profit is the difference between what you bought it at and what you sold it for. Um, with short selling, you sell it before you own it. It sounds really weird, but you basically sell something. So that, that situation where you buy it at 10, sell it at 20, 
If you think that a stock is going to decline in value, you sell it, and then at a later date, you buy it back. And the, your profit is the difference between what you sold it at and what you bought it back at. So if you sold it at 20 and bought it back at 10, your profit is the same, $10. The difference is that when you buy a stock called the long trade, um, your liability is limited because the stock can't go lower than zero. So if you buy it at $10, the most you can lose is $10. It gets to zero, you're out of everything, but you haven't lost more than that. If you sell short, your liability is unlimited because it can keep going up. And as it goes up, you're going to be losing more money every time it goes up. So what happened was um, on Reddit, which I don't really understand. I'm too old to understand Reddit. Um, there were a group of people who were interested in investing. And they found out that a lot of these hedge funds were selling GameStop short and forcing the price of the company down. And they, I think that there were two motivations they had. One of them was they wanted to give, you know, put it to these hedge funds who they didn't like. And nobody likes the hedge funds. They are the pharmaceutical industry of Wall Street, basically. Um, but the other thing was they didn't think it was right what was being done to destroy this company. Um, so what they started to do was they started to buy GameStop. And as they bought it, they forced the price up. And I think the price went up something like six or 7,000%. At least one hedge fund has now declared bankruptcy. They did this over a period of two or three days. And the, the company, there was a company called Robin Hood that was a, 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 we used to call them discount brokers. I don't know what they call them now. Um, and this company was always always advertising they were there for the little guy they wanted to help the little guy to invest you know invest, investing shouldn't just be for the high end of town it should be for everyone when they saw what was happening with GameStop and we've been told that there was pressure being put on them from the White House which actually has an interest in some of the hedge funds that were being affected um, they they ordered the company to stop allowing people to buy the shares, which automatically started to force it down. And there is now a class action lawsuit been filed uh, against this company, Robin Hood. They're going to be closed down for doing what they did. It is absolutely illegal. Why am I telling you this story? Why am I telling you this at this point in time? I'm telling you this because here you have David and Goliath. These hedge funds have almost as much money as the pharmaceutical industry. Not quite. Nobody has as much money as the pharmaceutical industry, but almost as much money. And a small group of individuals without a whole lot of money in a very short space of time with determination and working in a united fashion changed everything. Do you see a lesson there? Do you see what we can do if we work together in a united fashion? We can bring this whole system down. We can do what the AVN has wanted to do for a very long time. We can get rid of mandates. We can get rid of pharmaceutical and governmental lies about health if we work together if we are united and if we are smart. It doesn't take a whole lot of money. It doesn't even take a whole lot of time if we all do it together. 
trust me, <laughs> when we don't do it together, it takes a lot of time. Ask me how I know. But we can do this. We have to do this because if we don't do this, um, we're screwed. Basically, we are screwed. So I wanted to share that as a kind of a parable for what's happening with us here in Australia, with what's happening around the world when it comes to coronavirus vaccine. The GameStop parable is that no matter how rich and powerful your opposition are, there are so many more of us than there are of them. And if we can get together and fight them in an intelligent and organized way, we will win. And I want you to know that very clearly. I want you to know that um, all we have to do is get together and unite. Uh, I'm going to play another little video here. This was shared with me this morning and I was hysterical watching it. And I thought this would be a good time to have a bit of laughter. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. I think I have to actually start it on my end here. So give me a second. Oops, hang on one sec, sorry. I'm hitting the wrong thing. I hope I can get this to work. There we go. Good news, Canada. The wait is over. Pfizer and Moderna are teaming up. We've taken our vaccines, 95% and 95% effective, combined them to make one that is 190% effective in the biggest money grab, I mean medical advancement of the 21st century. How do we do it? In a cocaine-addled cash frenzy, we took one vaccine and dumped it into the other one. And nothing bad happened, and so we just rolled with it. Not convinced? Here are some of our clinical trial patients. I'm COVID-free, thanks to Pfizer Moderna vaccine. I'm so glad the two pharmaceutical giants got together to keep me safe and make themselves an inherently evil amount of cash. How does it work? The old vaccine sends a small message to your cells to warn you about COVID. With our new serum, we just hook you up to an IV and mainline you with Rona juice till your body literally transcends disease. Some people even experience opposite symptoms. Every day I wake up, take a breath, and that's it. I only breathe once a day now. I can taste food I haven't even eaten yet. Ribs. 190% more effective, 190% more profit. That's the Pfizer Moderna promise. Vaccine has only been tested on two people who are not doing well now. Side effects may include loss of taste, smell, shortness of breath, and other symptoms that are definitely not COVID because the vaccine is perfect. Write the check, Trudeau. Lots of zeros. Okay, I, I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. It's one of those things. Hang on, let me just stop the next video from playing. There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Steve, you had no idea what it was going to be. But yeah, it's not propaganda. It's just a satire, an amazing satire of what is going on with coronavirus right now. And it's the magical thinking that so many people 
in this issue are displaying. We don't know how the vaccine's going to work because we haven't tested it, but we know it's fantastic and perfect. And it will make you Superman. And it'll keep you safe until next year comes out. And then we'll have to give you another one. So, yeah, I know. Exactly. It had me in stitches, too. I was hysterical when I watched it this morning, so I had to share. And, yeah, it is Canada. I love that woman's accent. <laughs> she sounds actually more Midwestern United States, but um, the, the Canadian accent is so different depending on what part of Canada you're from. But I loved um, the way she did that. And Canada has a really, I've seen a lot of good satires out of Canada. They have a very different kind of sense of humor, and I really enjoyed that one. Now, I wanted to share one more fun fact with you <laughs> before we finish up and we are running a bit late especially because we had to break in the middle because the internet dropped out um this is from the abc i'm pretty sure no news news limited uh for those of you who have relatives and friends who say they're going to take the vaccine because they can't afford to get coronavirus coronavirus could kill them perhaps you should make them aware that according to the World Health Organization, the vaccine is not even intended to prevent you from either contracting coronavirus or spreading it. So you can be fully vaccinated and still get coronavirus and still spread it to other people, um, which is why they're saying that even if you're fully vaccinated, you're gonna need to keep wearing a mask, you're gonna need to keep social distancing um, or anti-social distancing as I prefer to call it. And you will need to do everything that we're doing now. Um, it's because it can't stop you from getting it and it can't stop you from spreading it. So what is the point of taking the vaccine? Um, according to the World Health Organization and the Australian health authorities, without any evidence whatsoever, um, they are saying that it will prevent severe symptoms. Um, now, a vaccine by definition is supposed to prevent infection. If it's only preventing severe symptoms, then it's not a vaccine. And we know this is not a vaccine anyway. Um, and it says right here very clearly, a vaccine against coronavirus is not thought to stop infection. A little further down the page, whose chief scientist, Dr. Sumya, I don't even want to try, said there was yet to be any evidence that coronavirus vaccines were going to prevent people from actually getting the infection and therefore being able to pass it on. We need to assume that people who have been vaccinated also need to take the same precautions till there's a certain level of herd immunity. So what they're saying is, until enough people have gotten coronavirus to develop herd immunity, even if you're vaccinated, it's not gonna be a difference. So why are we even vaccinating? If we need to develop herd immunity in order to feel safe, just stop vaccinating. Make sure people's immune systems are strong. And then when they get an infection, whether coronavirus even exists or not, but let's assume that it does, when they get an infection, their own immune systems will protect them and others around them the way that nature attended it. So it is so stupid, so incredibly stupid. The whole thing from woe to go, the fact that the virus has never been isolated, SARS-CoV-2 has never been isolated, the fact that we're using PCR tests that are up to 98% um, false po providing up to 98% false positives, depending on who you listen to. Um, the fact that we're going to be using a vaccine that is not a vaccine, that is a medical device that can change our native DNA. 
um, that this so-called vaccine cannot prevent infection and cannot prevent us from being trans transmitting the virus to other people if the virus exists. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. And going back to the GameStop analogy, what we need to do is get the the word out in the community about how ridiculous this is. Now, this is the early draft of the flyer that the AVN is hoping to have up on their website sometime next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. I don't think it'll be much further than that. I am personally going to be making many, many copies of this once I've got the, um, the links on there so that people who get it uh, can actually go to the links, follow the links. Um, they will be live links on the electronic version so people can just click and get taken to the information. We've even gone very um, millennial and put a QR code on the second page. Um, I personally don't like QR codes much, but there is a large segment of the community that use them all the time. And this gives good basic information so that anyone who is looking at getting this vaccine can take it and it's going to be um, two up A4 so uh, A5 A5 front and back so you can print one page and it'll be two copies on the one page and to save money you can get rid of the red um, on the coronavirus it's not going to make a difference if it's printed in black and white it'll still be effective I would suggest that one of the things we all need to do is get copies of this as soon as it's available and we will put this in a newsletter and send it out to everyone and send it out to all of your friends and family. If you've got a website, put it up on your website. If you have Facebook pages or any social media, put it out there. Get people questioning. Ask them to ask questions. They don't know it. We need to let them know. So, um, Steve, if you're asking me if I got the link, I haven't. I haven't really looked through all of the comments yet, so I do apologize. I will try and do that after I'm finished today. So that is number one. Get this flyer, print it out, send it by email and by social media to everybody you can on Telegram, on whatever social media you've got. Share it not just in Australia, but everywhere. This information is international information, and the link does go to the AVN um, website, but the information, there are links there to the World Health Organization, to the Children's Health Defense, to the Sydney Morning Herald. We have links to lots of different websites there. Um, so that's number one. Number two, we are also... Um, sending out a lot of information on our newsletter. If you do not already subscribe to our free email newsletter, go to avn.org.au and sign up. Um, yeah, so it is very important that you stay in touch with us there, especially now because we are sending regular updates. Um, there is another thing that we have just sent out this morning. Now, this is... Um, uh, vaccines Revealed. Now, for those of you who didn't watch the original series, Vaccines Revealed, there were two series that came out around the same time, Vaccines Revealed and The Truth About Vaccines. They were both amazing. Uh, I think they were both nine parts, but I'm not sure. Vaccines Revealed have just done an update about COVID. It's Vaccines Revealed, the COVID edition. So I've put a link on the, I've broken my 
my promise not to put anything on Facebook, but I've put this up on Facebook. There is a link on the Facebook page to the Vaccines Revealed COVID edition. Please click on that. You can get free access to it. It starts on February 9th. You can watch it every day for, I don't know how many days it is. I'm not sure. But um, this is a special edition about COVID and knowing what they did with Vaccines Revealed, um, I expect it to be very high quality, very good information, very well referenced. So if you can do that, click on that link. I do have to let you know, full disclosure, that if you watch this and then decide to buy the um, Vaccines Revealed COVID edition, the AVN will be getting a percentage. doesn't cost you anything extra, but it will help support the AVN without costing you anything. So if you can share that link with other people as well, and um, just sign up to get the free uh, Vaccines Revealed COVID edition when it comes out on February 9th. We'd be really grateful if you would do that. Um, uh, Dana says, yes, there has to be something we can do. I don't want to take it, but maybe forced to. Nobody can force you to do anything, Dana. Nobody can force you. Um, and the whole thing that we are saying now about writing letters to your members of parliament, um, calling them, doing everything you can to raise this profile in the community, we're saying this because this can change things if enough of us do it. Um, just like GameStop. I mean, if you weren't here when I talked about GameStop, a small group of people without very much money destroyed hedge funds that were worth billions. And um, that is because they work together and they worked smart. And we have to do the same thing. You have to start writing, sending information to your local and federal members of parliament about the problems with COVID vaccine overseas and say, before you bring this into Australia, are you aware of all these deaths? Are you aware of all these long-term side effects? Are you aware that the vaccine is not going to prevent you from getting infected or spreading it to someone else? And if so, what is the point? We need to take responsibility and we need to do this. So hopefully, Dana, you will be doing that as well. Because if every single person who's watching this now and every single person who this gets shared to does that, it is going to have an effect. It is. But if we sit back and say, oh, there's nothing I can do. I'm so scared I'm going to be forced to take this vaccine. Well, you probably will be forced to take the vaccine, though nobody can really force you. They'd have to hold a gun to your head. Um, Steve said, a small group of people will be left not jabbed. I hope that's not the case, Steve, but that's one of the reasons why we're working, doing what we're doing, so that it's going to be a large, great group. Um, do we follow David Icke? Yes, I do follow David Icke myself, um, and I think that what he's been, the information he's been coming out with lately has been incredible. Uh, April says, I wrote to the PM health minister and local MP with those questions you sent us. Good on you. No responses at all, just auto-confirmation of emails. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, April. Get the links this afternoon when they're up on the AVN's website. Get the links and one a day. Open the link on your computer or just copy it. Put it into an email, put all of the email addresses that you write to in one email and send it off. The next day, do it again with a different link and again. And find links yourself too. Do a search for deaths following COVID vaccine. Uh, don't use Google. Do Duck, Duck, 
DuckDuckGo, sorry, trying to uh, speak English is not always easy, and get that information out there. If everyone does it, I sound like a broken record, but if everyone does it, it's going to work. But we have to do it. Yes, exactly, Gun. There is no way of suing the drug companies or the doctors or, well, the government maybe, possibly. But if you are injured or someone you know is killed by these vaccines, you can't get any compensation for it. So we have to stop this before we reach that point where we are injured or killed. So it's really important. And yes, writing the letters and sending the information is great. Follow up with a phone call. Speak to their, ask to speak with their um, advisor, their advisor, um, because you probably won't be put through to them. But say, you know, I've sent some information to XYZ. I just want to follow up. Can I speak with their advisor? Have you looked at it? What do you think about it? Is it going to change uh, XYZ's uh, policies on supporting COVID vaccination? And if not, why not? Um, don't you want to base the decision on science? And I'm, I gave you the science and you're obviously not listening to it. Let them know that they're called on this. Let them know they can't operate in the darkness, that they are being watched and they will be judged by what they do. Let them know. So um, I'm just going to take a quick look through and see if there's anything else that I haven't answered yes. Lee, that's a very important point. You cannot detox this vaccine because it affects your DNA. Um, the whole idea with, with the messenger RNA that's used in some um, of the COVID shots is that it is intended to actually interact with your native DNA and to cause your DNA to become pathogen factories producing disease, basically. Um, also, the fact that it's wrapped in the lipid um, nanoparticles, uh, which are PEG, um, polyethylene glycol, um, it is made specifically so that it can pass through the blood-brain barrier and enter your brain, where nothing like this should ever be going. The barrier is there for a reason, to protect the most important part of your body, the part that you cannot live without, which is the brain and the central nervous system. And this these shots are intended to bypass that protection. So once you're vaccinated, you can never be unvaccinated. And unlike many other vaccines where there is a possibility, if you catch it early enough and you do it properly, where you can detox most of the effects, with this vaccine, you will never be able to detox from it. Um, you are affected for life, for good or for bad. Um, I don't know who Greg Braden is. He's saying take it orally, uh, gives the body a chance to fight it. The thing is, there is no oral vaccine. These vaccines are meant to be administered by injection. And uh, I don't think you have an option to take it orally. <laughs> Steve says we live in a beautiful world with psychopaths. We do. We do. There are so many psychopaths and sociopaths in this world. <coughs> Pardon me. So if there are no further questions, I will look through the links later on. I do apologize for not being able to keep up with them, but I'll try and find them all later. And I'll also try and cobble these two bits together. Um, if somebody out there is a video editor and wants to help me with this, that would be appreciated. Uh, contact me through the page and let me know. Um, other than that, because it's a little bit later, look 
at the AVN website at about 2 o'clock this afternoon, and the, um, the video and links should be up there at that time. Okay? Uh, let me just see if there's anything else. Do you have any info on the length of time between vax and death? It depends. Um, I mean, they've only been vaccinating for a bit over a month. Some people have died within hours. Some people have died within days. Some people have died within weeks. So it really depends on um, what the person's body is. Uh, what we're being told is that any death that takes place more than a few hours afterwards can't be associated with the vaccine, but there's no evidence to say that that's the case. Um, you're going to laugh. You're sorry. <laughs> Okay, I see. You posted a funny video. Uh, oh, Joey Dispenza. Yeah, I know Joey Dispenza. Oh, oh, Annette, thank you so much for letting me know. I wasn't sure that the video was actually going through to YouTube, so that's great to know. Thank you very much. From Michigan, uh, Gretchen Whitmer Company. Gretchen Whitmer Country. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for watching all the way out there. I appreciate that. If there is nothing else, I'm going to let the rest of you get on with your weekends. For those in North America, get on with your Friday nights and, and England as well. And um, I will hope to see you here next week. And I'm hoping actually during the middle of the week to get Serene Tefaha on here to answer your questions about how to handle the potential of forced vaccination for employment. employment. Sorry, employment. Um, thank you once again, everyone, so much for joining me on Under the Wire. I hope you have a wonderful week and the rest of your weekend, and you take care. See you later. Bye-bye.